With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply It's time for Cover 2 Broncos. Just a couple dudes breaking down scheme, film, and the numbers. Now, your hosts, Joe Rowles and Jeff Essery. Welcome back to another episode of Cover 2 Broncos. I'm Joe Rowles. And I'm Jeff Essery. Thanks for listening. And a quick reminder, if you have any questions, hit us up on at Cover 2 Broncos on Twitter at Jeffrey Essery or at Joe Rowe underscore NFL with week one looming by larger by the hour. We thought it was time to pick the brains of some Broncos insiders. And today we are super lucky to have both Ryan Edwards and Benjamin Albright on the show. And uh, if you haven't been keeping up with Broncos country tonight, you haven't been keeping up with Broncos camp this year. They are the best sources of information on the roster and we'll give it to you straight. So, uh, I can't wait to pick their brains. Welcome appreciate to the show, that. guys. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's great to be here. It's great to great to see Ryan again, the host of Edwards Country tonight. So, <laughs> dude, it's never it's never ever been called that. You know it. Alexis Perry one time called it Albright Country tonight on TV. I didn't realize it. Like, did not realize that she did that. Just straight through Albright Country tonight. But let's the be whole honest. Show. The the flair of the show really comes from Ben. I'm, I'm kind of the engine, but if you, you know, most of the time, if you look at a Ferrari, you're not really thinking immediately about the engine. You're usually thinking about, man, that is a, that is a sick looking car right there. So uh, that's kind of what our show intends to be. Well, well that actually, I, I might be the, I'm the face of the outfit, but he's the brains. So that actually leads me to my first question, because I wanted to know where can we get a pink suit like you had today? 
Vince Mitten. I can uh, I can put you in touch with my haberdasher, uh, and he will he will take care of you. <laughs> I have to say, um, been keeping it pretty dapper at camp, so um, nicely done. Yeah, that's the that's the content we all it. tune in for. I'm trying. Well, see, that's the thing. I'm trying to have fun with. It. I think Romy really kind of turned it into a thing, but like I was, you know, I was trying to have some fun with it. Just be, you know, you know me. I'm always trying to have fun, so. Um, that that's really where all that stemmed from. But now it's become like this thing and I have to top it every day. And so like, I don't know what I'm going to do next. You know, I'm kind of running out of options here uh, a weekend. What, one word for you, Ben sequins. <laughs> I was going to go tuxedo, but we'll see what we, you know what? I, I'm sure I've got a sequin Jessica rabbit dress in here somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. Somewhere. Just, uh, you know, you think Elton John, that, that's all I'm saying. That's it. We'll He's be watching for the photos. <laughs> So before we get into the position groups and kind of we're gonna we're planning to just kind of go down and, and do a rundown because um, you know you guys have been on the ground at camp every day and I'm sure Mile High Report listeners and Broncos um, country is interested in um, all your insights on each of the different position groups and how that's looking. But I just wanted to give an overall feel like of the vibe of camp this year. You know, obviously things are different due to COVID. Um, you guys have been around the team for a while now and. Um, you know, during the Vance Joseph era, there was some of that veteran locker room kind of grumbling maybe going on. Last year, Fangio's first year was here, and there was all that talk. Of, oh, he's a hard ass. He took away the music and all of that. Like, now in the second year with Vic Fangio, you guys are at camp. What's the vibe of camp this year? Uh, are you from the media side of the house or from the player side of the house? Uh, either. Both. Uh, well, I, you know, the media side of the house seems a little weird to me. It's it's obviously an odd situation. And with the social distancing rules and Ryan, and I got one of these GPS tracking bracelets. Normally, I'm like right up next to Ryan, like making snarky comments the entire time. And now I can't do that because these bracelets buzz if we get too close. I have to like, text them to him. And that's way too much effort. So uh, I just, yeah. Um, the players seem pretty loose. You know, honestly, uh, the, the players seem pretty loose out there. I don't. I'm not saying they don't notice it. I'm, maybe that maybe it's a benefit to them. Maybe they can practice without the pressure of the fans there. I don't know, but they they seem pretty loose to me. Uh, the media side of the house is really subdued. It's really it's kind of surreal. I, I don't know. Maybe Ryan can describe it better than I can. I mean, I think that's right. I, I think with with the media side of the house, it's, it is a little weird because usually for Broncos camp, especially for training camp portion, uh, you, most of the time are pretty relaxed with the amount of credentials. Now, when you get to season to season credentials, actually going to games, that's a little bit of a different deal. But for training camp, most of the time, uh, if you have a legit reason for being out there, which most people can make an argument that they do, if they're in you know one of the mainstream medias, then they usually you know, accommodate. Um, but this year, they obviously can. So that's from the media side. So there's a little bit of uh, kind of doing the best you can and understanding, I think, from the media side that, you know, training camp is an ebb and flow. It's not a one. It's not a one-off. You can't show up one day to training camp and know everything about everything. You know, mm-hmm. one day you show up and a guy performs really well, and if you leave that day and say, "Man, I, I can't believe that Devonte Bosby is the best cornerback on this team," well, then you, you really kind of missed a little bit of the the whole picture, right? And so, you know, it, it's a little bit of an ebb and flow, and that's that's kind of I think why for us it's it's so valuable. Uh, for our show, and I, I think most shows that cover the Broncos feel the same way because, you know, there is an ebb and flow. I mean, what Jerry Judy did on day one, he's had other days that have been spectacular. He's had a baseline of good performance, but, you know, he doesn't go against the twos every single day. So what he did against the twos on day one is simply not what he's done since then because he mostly runs with the ones now. And so, like, that, that's kind of a little bit of 
at least the vibe from from media that I feel like they're missing out because they know the ebb and flow from the players' side of things. I, I think that they're getting into a rhythm with Fangio. Yet last year was such a weird year because they had such a, a long training camp. You know, they show up in mid July. Uh, guys really got worn down by that mentally, physically. I say by the end of training camp, they were sort of tired of talking to us. They were tired of hitting each other. When you know, it got to the season started, I think they were just kind of exhausted already before before they even started playing regular season games. This year, they know a little bit more what they're expecting. It's a little bit later and shorter training camp. So most guys, at least they're returning vets, uh, they at least know what they're getting into. So since you mentioned Jerry Judy, I'm going to bug you about that right away just because it's on my mind. Has he had like a really – like compared to the other rookies, because you guys were there when Cortland Sutton was a rookie – how like how good is he really? Because I know I've seen the I've seen the tweets and I see the highlights, but I don't get to actually see him making the plays and making the cuts like in the real action. Like, has he had a bad day yet? How does he look compared to again like Cortland Sutton or other guys who've come in over the years? Uh, he's more polished than Sutton was at this stage of his game. I'll say that for sure. He, he might be the most polished rookie receiver I've ever seen. Uh, in terms of nuance of the craft type stuff, he's still got a long way to go. He, he like I, he struggled beating the press, and they don't press out there that much. But mm. he struggled a little bit beating the press, and, and that's to be expected because he never faced that before, you know. Mm. Um, I think for me, looking at Jerry Judy, it's you know everybody says route running, and that's a catch-all term. But I think the thing that makes him elite is that body control. Yep. He gears down so fast, it, it puts guys on skates. I mean, it's just embarrassing people out there. And he sets you up for it. Like, he he, has, he understands the nuance of the position. He, he, Justin Simmons was playing him in coverage, and man, and he was it was a deep ball. And, and he sold Justin. He kept the hips up. He didn't drop the hips. And he sold Justin on the deep ball, and Justin was playing the man. So he recognized that, sells him on these videos, stops, turns, and catches the ball, like just uncontested, basically. And Justin's an all-pro safety. Uh, you know, who's, who's been around the league a few years. So uh, he understands the ins and outs and the nuance. Of the I, I haven't seen a bad day out of him. He's had a few. Uh, one thing he can't do is punt return. Like, he's never, ever want to see that. But um, I, I I did see, um, what was it? Uh, there was a good day we had, uh, like, two drops, I think. I don't know. I wasn't there yesterday. So maybe Ryan can attest to that as, as far as uh, if he had a bad day yesterday. No, he didn't have a bad day yesterday. In fact, he had uh, one of uh, his several spectacular catches. He actually caught it against his helmet. I think the Broncos ended up putting it out there later, but it was seven on seven, and uh, Simmons kind of came across his face. And again, you know, a lot of times with rookies, you'd, you'd see that maybe uh, a little bit of a, a mental breakdown there. You know, maybe a little bit of mental focus loss. Uh, but instead, uh, he kept his focus, caught the ball, pinned it against his helmet, and you know, kind of went in for a touchdown. It was. It was pretty sweet to watch. Today was kind of funny early in practice. I'll answer your question, but I was thinking about Judy today because he uh, they were they were doing warm ups and uh, what I can't I don't even it wasn't really a drill. I think he was just kind of waiting for his turn to do something. And Trinity Benson kind of threw him the ball, and I mean it was right in front of him. He could have just caught it, but instead he kind of made an over the shoulder catch on purpose, like to almost challenge himself, like. It was like, you know, it would have been a little bit of a high catch. He would have had to reach up to get it. Instead, he just turned around and caught it over his shoulder just to challenge himself. Uh, but but that's just kind of like kind of what he is. And and I, I agree. Sometimes it does feel like her hyperbole. And we've seen enough rookie wide receivers struggle early on. So you don't really want to build it up more than it is. But he, he, like I said, the footwork, you talk about the body control. His hands are even better than I expected they'd be. 
that was one of the things that I remember coming out of Alabama. You remember the couple of drops against LSU, yep. and you're thinking, okay, well, you know, what are we going to see? Is he going to struggle with some drops? Hamler already struggles with drops, so you got two receivers that are going to have that problem. Uh, has not really been the case. If he had some drops, it's been a couple of times in camp, but nothing, nothing that you wouldn't say, okay, well, you know, get back after it. Uh, otherwise, he's been nothing short of spectacular. What are you guys seeing from just to carry on that theme a little bit, and we'll get to Drew Locke at the at the very end specifically, but maybe on the on the chemistry side between not even Jerry, not just Jerry Judy, but just Locke and the receiving core in general, particularly because I know we've heard from I forget if it was Sutton or um, Judy was talking about the Pat Shermer style of offense. We know he adds in a lot, a little bit more of option routes and things like that, like side adjustments. So are we, you know, are you seeing? miscommunications early on and bumps like that to be expected that they're working out or what, what's the chemistry looking like? Well, I'd say that the chemistry with the first team offense is pretty good overall. Uh, early on in camp, Jeff Driscoll struggled at times getting on the same page with some of the younger receivers, some of the second and third string guys. Um, but I, I'd say overall, you know, with Locke, the thing with Locke though is he, you know, so it's, the communication is mostly fine because it's basically him and Cortland. Like, you know, I mean, him and Cortland are like the tandem out there. It's it's Drew Locke staring down Cortland Sutton sometimes a little bit too much, and Ben can talk a little bit more about that. Um, and then you get to the running backs and the tight ends. Uh, but otherwise, I, I would say, you know, there isn't there aren't a ton of miscues with the first-team offense. I, I feel like they really did take advantage of their Zoom meetings during the offseason, learning the playbook, and then getting out there and applying some of that whatever they ended up doing their practices at high schools or whatever they ended up doing. I feel like they did a good job getting kind of all of that down, at least the first team guys. And the second team is kind of where you're seeing a little bit of the crunch. But, you know, I mean, you heard Pat Shermer say it yesterday when he was talking to the media, you know, we just had like the eighth day of practice as a team. You know, today was the ninth day of practice as a team. Those are usually things you say in OTAs. Those are usually things you say before mandatory minicamp even happens. So, you have to kind of keep all of that in perspective, but unfortunately for the Broncos, like a lot of the teams that are going to, well, basically every team, uh, they're all in this same boat. And so they, they kind of have to find a way to work. But no, I say overall the offense, the first team offense, they've, they've been pretty good. The, the defense has, has shown them challenges every single day and, and they're battling. No question about it. Yeah, I would, I would agree with most of that. I, I think that, um, I think the way, you know, what the first thing I would note is they're up against the Denver Broncos defense every day. And I'm going to tell you guys, this defense is good. Uh, it's it's going to be good. Uh, better than it was last year. And it was a top 10 defense last year. Uh, I think a lot of that gets lost on people because the Broncos weren't really nationally featured, you know, in most of the country. But the Broncos were a very good defense last year. They're going to be better this year. Uh, that that said, I, I think the offenses look pretty good, as, as Ryan noted. Um, I, I think mostly most of the timings there, I've seen a few miscues here or there, mostly on stuff that took a long time to develop. Um, there was a, remember that, uh, interception, he airmailed the Simmons out of the middle of nowhere and there was no receiver even anywhere close, but that was, was also uh, pressure from Casey, like, right, so it was right. a little bit of a combo, but yes. Right. But I mean, he should, he was expecting someone to be there that wasn't. And so that, that was kind of the, that was kind of the thing for me is like most of this stuff, it looks like, you know, it looks like it's pretty, it's pretty simple. It's, it's still West coast concept. It's just like, it's not rich Scangarello, Mike D'Antoni ball, you know, where it's just get the ball out as quickly as possible. 
Uh, it's you know, there, there's actual concepts being done here. There's actual uh, you, you're seeing, uh, you know, you're seeing Yankee concept, uh, you, you know, you're seeing, uh, uh, you know, all these uh, all these mid developing concepts that you didn't have last year. And so I think that's beneficial. Um, I, I, I think they're mostly on the same page. It's it's a Pat Shermer offense. I mean, the, the book on Pat Shermer is out there. It, it's the it's the Pat Shermer offense. But, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be interesting. I, I wish Drew would quit. Uh, quit staring down Cortland a little bit uh, as as much as he does, but um, you know they'll they'll work him out of that habit one way or the other. <laughs> you mentioned the defense, and um, you know we we've talked a lot about the secondary kind of being, I think, probably one of those key areas to watch, not only with the backup safeties, but also the cornerback spot, that cornerback three. Um, Joe, I know you had some questions around particularly Bosby and Duke Dawson well, and, and guys like that. What's what's the deal with Duke Dawson is kind of is kind of my question because I've had a lot of people that were in my mentions on Twitter floating the hype that Duke Dawson's going to be a safety this year. Duke Dawson's going to be a nickel. And I, I was hesitant with all that over the offseason because I watched his tape, um, but I haven't heard much at all. So I'm kind of wondering, is he on the bubble? Like, is he – because I – I figure at this point, if you're not hearing about a player, it's probably because they're not performing very well, but they're not standing out badly or good. Yeah, I, um, you know, I don't want to call anybody the odd man out just yet, but he, he's probably, if you had to put money on one, he looks like he's the odd man out. Yeah. Him and Devonta Harris are, are the bottom of the list at the corners um, right now. Uh, you know, obviously, Ojin Moody is going to make the squad. He, he's been dinged yeah. up, and he really hasn't got much run yet. Um, you know, and I was told that they were eyeballing Ojemudia and. And Duke Dawson for kind of that Will Parks role, um, where you mostly where you that 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 heavy corner, heavy nickel package type stuff that you can slide back to safety if Kareem comes down, that kind of thing. Um, but really, haven't seen a lot of that out there. Uh, whether or not that's you know that's going to be, and this is the same person that told me that initially that Kareem was brought in to be a safety when uh, you know when people were laughing about that. So uh, you know, I that, that person knows what they're talking about. I, it's just, it's interesting to me. We haven't seen it. So uh, right now it feels like Duke Dawson is the odd man out. I haven't seen a whole lot of splash out of him. Um, I, I would suggest that in terms of the corner race, Bosby and Yadam are locked in at three and four. Um, it, it's mostly Bosby has, has, has played better, but there have been a day or two there where Yadam's played better. And uh, so I, you know, I'm not put, put them both down there. It's just the three, four corner and be done with it. Um, and so as far as the safety goes, uh, we've mostly seen Trey Marshall, Elijah Holder back there. Now Holder's been banged up, but, uh, that, that's really what we've seen. I, I wanted to get a look at Douglas Coleman, honestly, and we've seen very few reps from him. So, um, yeah, but to answer your original question, Duke has not gotten a ton of reps. Yeah. Whatever reps he's gotten, it's all third team. Uh, he, he's out there predominantly with that. And you, you bring up a good point. I mean, and especially, it doesn't mean that that things can things can't change. Yeah, definitely. But when you're on the third team and you're relegated there, it it kind of puts you firmly on the bubble or, or a practice squad player, and and so that that's where he's kind of got an uphill climb. There, there's no question that Bosby has been the most consistent corner out there of the third corner. Uh, actually, Booyah and Callahan have been really really good, yeah. uh, despite some reports out there that Callahan was struggling. He is not struggling. Uh, he's just had some tough battles. I mean, he's had. Cortland Sutton, he's had to cover, and I mean, there's definitely a size advantage there. So, who, who reported that? <laughs> I won't okay, say. I'm not putting you on the spot. Okay, yeah, that, that, let me, uh, sorry, say. they can't see my face on this podcast, but I'm making a baffled <laughs> yeah. face. So. so, but but yeah, I mean, so Duke Dawson unfortunately is on the third team. You got uh, Yadam and uh, Bosby 
inked in, they're definitely on. I think Harris uh, probably has a little bit of an edge there. And then Ojemudia, I mean, right there, that's that's kind of your – I think Asang Bassi uh, has, has – has, he had got a chance with some twos today. Now, again, they did a lot of scouts, so it's tough to to really know if he's moving up or they just wanted to try some things. But I, I think Asang Bassi uh, shouldn't be slept on. I think he's more of a practice squad guy. But, again, if, if they don't really see what they want out of Harris or Dawson – I could see a scenario where he kind of sneaks in there as an undrafted player because the Broncos really do like having those undrafted players on their roster. But again, you know, they're, they're, they, they, one thing that we can say about the corners that we didn't know coming into training camp is their one and two are really, really good. And there were some questions about, you know, what would Bouye look like uh, as, a, as a bounce back candidate kind of because a couple of years ago he was one of the elite guys, but he hasn't mm-hmm. been since. And then, you know, what, what would we see from Bryce Callahan who hasn't been able to be healthy? Uh, both guys look fantastic. So at least we know their top two guys are very good. And then it kind of comes down to, okay, well, can you salvage a third corner? And I think Bosby's that guy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Are we seeing them, and you guys you know, you know you have to be sensitive about formations and things like that, but are we seeing Bosby play that kind of Bradley Roby role where you're kicking in outside and Callahan's moving into the slot in the three cornerback packages? Okay. Uh, I, I would say that is an accurate characterization. Okay. That was that was the um, the thinking that we had as, as we were um, – you, if you're reporting on a Packers camp, you'd probably be in trouble right now. So yeah, you know, yeah, I'd be fired already. I would say that in four corner sets, the in, the two inside corners are Callahan and Bosby. Uh, so kind of going off of that, I know there's been some speculation today with uh, Justin Chernod's the news that he's going to be out. Uh, I know there's some panic in Broncos country that what are they going to do to replace his role? And I went back and looked at Alexander Johnson and Todd Davis. Once they were both inserted into the lineup last year, they played basically everything unless they came out for a couple snaps. I, my assumption was that was just going to be kind of the plan this year. But do you think that there's going to be more six DB sets per, per chance? Or is there another player that has to come in to replace whatever Justin Cernab was doing? Um. I, and again, well, not, not, to, not to get too much. Yeah, not to. No, no, no. You're, you're fine. I, I think. But. I think we, we were talking about the six DB thing earlier today. Ryan and I were, and I like. I don't. Vic mentioned that specifically at the combine. You know that quote about the the yep. six DB sets and stuff. I, I don't think they have the personnel for that. To be honest with you, um, I, I really don't. They'll, they'll be too light. Um, that said, uh, as far as Sternod goes, I mean, you're probably going to see. It's probably going to be Todd and, and Alexander for most of the stuff. Now that that happened last year out of necessity. Yeah, uh, because when they had Josie out there, and it, it all fell apart for him in that Packers game when he got roasted by that fullback. That was that was the end of it. Uh, they they were finally like, okay, fine, you know, we're taking you off the field. 
and and he really is like you know he's a sure tackler. He's a run funnel guy. Great little goal line package, all that kind of stuff. But the last thing you want, uh, uh, Josie Jewell out there is is chasing anybody around. Um, and then Justin Hollins just wasn't ready. You know, I mean, he, he admitted that to us. In fact, he, he liked the fact that he was going to be switching to back to outside linebacker and edge rush. Um, but necessity is forcing him back inside again. So uh, I, I, from what I understand, uh, the Broncos made a couple calls today, but didn't really, didn't really bear any fruit. Uh, I think they're going to shake the trees again tomorrow about bringing somebody in. Um, I don't know who that's going to be, and I don't know what level that's going to be. But um, I, I, su- I would suggest they'll bring someone in at some point, at least to, to give it a try. Yeah, you almost have to, I think. And, and yeah, we'll kind of see what Justin Hollins looks like there. They, they gave him a few reps there. We noticed that uh, in the warm-ups that he was working out with the inside linebackers. So we knew that they, they were kind of leaning that direction anyways, they, they, just out of necessity. But th- there's a, an understanding now when Josie Jewell's on the field uh, the offense looks for ways to exploit that matchup uh, over and over and over again, uh, whether it's tight ends. They've even gotten receivers uh, sometimes try, trying to move things around and, and just any, anybody they can, anytime they can get him in coverage, uh, Pat Shermer takes advantage of that. And you see Josie Jewell, unfortunately, chasing a lot out there because he just doesn't have the requisite speed. Uh, the one thing you do like about Hollins, and, and I think we're all agreeing that He's much better probably as an outside linebacker, but he does have the length. He does have some speed. I don't know how long it'll take him to get there. And the problem becomes, do you spend those snaps that you need to spend the snaps uh, with him trying to get him up to speed? Or would you rather go with the guys that you know that fit really well together in Todd Davis and Alexander Johnson? And, and the only problem right now is, well, when's Todd coming back? It's not as severe of injury as he dealt with last year, but that doesn't mean he's going to be available before the start of the season, or if he is, it's right before the start of the season. And, and that's kind of a, a little bit of a, a tough spot. Justin Sternod had, had been climbing the depth chart. He had gone from third team to second team, and he was playing almost all the snaps on the second team and, and looking really good doing it. So that is a, is a little bit of a hit. I, 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 would have, I had low expectations for Justin Sternod this year, but I think that we can put a little bit of expectation on him next year. I, I thought he had a really great start to camp, actually. Give, give us a quick in, uh, overview of the trenches. Um, I know there was a lot of talk about Lloyd Cushenberry looking good and finally getting those first-team reps. Um, what has he looked like? What's been your impression overall? I know it's a little bit hard in camp when they're not you know, hitting as much, but uh, O-line, D-line, give us some quick hits there. Well, first of all, Ben was talking about the defense. Uh, they they are going to be, especially up front. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be monsters. Uh, Drell Casey has been nothing short of spectacular, honestly. And I mean, some people will point. Well, that means you're soft in the middle of the offensive line. No, you you are not. That this is this really is that kind of defensive line. And uh, the, the, what they can focus in on with Casey and Shelby, having Purcell there as a good run stuffer, they can mix in Draymond Jones, who looks spectacular. Marcus Walker's looked really good, too. I mean, the defensive line uh, has just gotten off to a, a great start. And one of my favorite players, uh, who, again, hasn't had a chance to, to really do a lot with the first team, he has McTelvin Aguim, who, uh, when he gets to have a chance to go against offensive line and do some of those O-line, D-line drills, uh, he, he's a wrecking ball. I mean, he is just so much fun to watch so fast on that first step. And he's got the pass rush moves. He gets these swim moves on these offensive linemen. 
And uh, it was fun. Ben didn't get a chance to see it yesterday, but uh, Von Miller, every single time a defensive player won, he was like, ah, like he just started yelling every single time one of his defensive players won. Uh, and McDelvin Aguim won uh, multiple times. Uh, so, so like I said, the defensive line uh, is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be tough to run on this team. And I expect them to get a, a much, much better pressure on the quarterback when they uh, when they go into pass rush. And, of course, we haven't even gotten to the edge guys who also have had a good start. And I think Bradley Chubb is coming along just fine. He's almost there. Uh, yes, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, uh, definitely in the most upside center. Uh, I, I actually think Austin Schloman has done a, a pretty decent job holding down when, when they need him there. Um, but otherwise, uh, Lloyd Cushenberry, just, he, he already looks the part. Um, actually, it was fun. I was talking to Mace for a little bit, Andrew Mason, out at camp, and when he was doing uh, his O-line, the O-line, D-line drills, uh, it kind of reminded us of watching Cushenberry uh, versus Javon Kenlaw at the Senior Bowl. Yeah, because it was yeah kinda, I remember it was kind of Yeah, it's kind of must-watch, right? You just, you just And that, that's what he looked like. I mean, he was holding his own down there. And, uh, I mean, you're talking about him going against Shelby. I mean, you're talking about him getting all sorts of looks again, first-team, second-team guys, and uh, he was doing a great job. So uh, I, I really like Cushenberry. The interior of the offensive line looks good. Uh, ben can talk a little more about the offensive tackles. He's got some opinions on that. But otherwise, I think the interior of both D and offensive line is really, really good. Yeah, I, I think um, <clears throat> I think that uh, you hit the nail on the head there. I, the one thing I would say is if the season were to start right now, I'm not sure Cushenberry would be the starter. Uh, like for it, and I think they want that to happen. But Schlopman's played really well. Um, Patrick Morris is not a center, and I don't know why they keep trotting him out there. It's weird. Um, he, he's definitely, definitely a guard. Uh, and, and, and McTelvin, that's one of those things he's singled out by every offensive lineman you talk to. When you ask who, who's giving you trouble out there, that's the guy they single out. So that's, that's probably a good sign. He's to anchor a little better in the run game. But other than that, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's getting upfield and he's, he moves so quick with the first step for that, that big body. Um, in terms of the tackles, I, I don't think they've been that bad. Um, they, they got worked pretty hard the other day. There was, uh, there was a day up there they got, uh, it was bad. It was ugly. Like three plays in a row, strip sack, just, just ugly. But for the most part, they haven't been too bad. Uh, Elijah's still battling the foot. He's only about 85, 90%. Um, so the fact that you're up against Von Miller, the preeminent pass rusher of this generation on 85% with a bum foot uh, is, is certainly, um, and, and not, not, not faring too poorly is, is certainly saying something. Um, in terms of uh, <clears throat> DeMar Dotson, a lot of people have been asking about him, and he is not, I can't, I have not seen a rep from him that hadn't come from the third team. Um, and a lot of that, ask you about that, yeah, a lot of that's conditioning too. I, I talked to, I talked to some people down there and apparently he is in rough shape. Uh, the, the switch up here to the mountains has not been good to the big fella, um, <laughs> which I can understand. Cause I remember when I came up here, uh, and th- you know, three flights, of, three flights of stairs up to my, my first apartment here in Denver. And I was, I was like, Oh God, I'm going to die. <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, it, you know, it, he's apparently the conditioning is, is significant. And for a guy who's played at sea level his whole career, that's, you know, to be understood, especially at that size. Um, hopefully he gets it. But from what I understand and what I've always understood, the, the plan uh, at tackle uh, after Jawan opted out is uh, Elijah will be the right tackle. tomorrow back him up and Garrett will be the left tackle. And if Garrett goes down or can't play to the level that they want him to, Elijah will slide to left and then tomorrow would come up to right. Hey, I want to throw in one more thing here, uh, a name that, that needs to be mentioned uh, often as far as good performances. Because you mentioned Demar Dotson. Natani Moody has been unbelievable as a run blocker. Yeah, uh, I I am wowed by him constantly. He makes my notes damn near every single day. And it, when he when he was lined up against Demar, he made him better. Or lined up next to Demar, I'm sorry. When he's lined up next to Calvin Anderson, he makes him better. 
Uh, I, I can't say enough nice things about Natani Moody. And it, I mean, in, in one hand, it's a little bit of a shame that the Broncos are kind of set in the interior, that there's no reason necessarily to put him in there. But man, uh, there, there's going to come a point where I, I definitely like to see him on the field. I know Ben has some, some thoughts on where he'd use him. Yeah, I'd love to see some kind of goal line jumbo package that puts oh, Moody yeah. out of tackle and moves bowls out the tight end. Um, you know, it's it's. Uh, I'd I'd love to see some kind of just a big body Wisconsin Stanford. You know, tossing everybody out of the way, put it in there. Um, you know, kind of formation. I'd love to see that happen. And I've seen Pat Shermer has got, has done some heavy stuff in the past yep. like that. He had that. Uh, he has that little goal line package with instead of two fullbacks, it's a fullback and a guard lined up as fullbacks. So I'd, I'd love to see. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see a little of that with Moody back there paving the way for Melvin Gordon. That's fun. That'll definitely be something to to watch for. And that's good to hear because I know we had heard um, good things about Moody coming off those injuries. It was just a matter of if he could be healthy. So that's awesome to to hear that he's doing well. Um, we'll wrap it up with a last question for you guys. We know that Drew Locke is looking better and that Drew Locke's footwork is looking better. Like I know Andrew Mason mentioned that, uh, but you guys have been to camp in previous years as well. Like how would you rate Drew Locke compared to previous years? Um, like going back to Joe Flacco or Keith Keenum, um, obviously like farther back if you want to, but how would you measure Drew Locke up? And I guess, what do you think about him? Like what, what do you guys kind of think of where he's come from the last game of last year? Well, he's the best quarterback they've had here since healthy Peyton Manning, and that's that's not hyperbole. Um, now, that said, uh, anything less than 6,000 yards and 60 touchdowns is, is unacceptable. That's true. Uh, that's true. Now, there's your hyperbole. Um, if, he no, I, win, if he doesn't win MVP this year, I'm riding. So. Right. Colin Coward said, so it's, it's definitely not going to happen based on his – history of predictions, but um, I look, I, I think he's looked good. There's, there are still some times in there uh, every once in a while that he'll get sloppy. Um, Brian and I saw him get, get off his back foot, try to sidearm one and just air mail it right to a defender. Um, I, I've seen the, the sloppy footwork is mostly gone, mostly gone. And, and to be honest, they've remedied that with a lot of boot action. This offense has a ton of boot action in it. Uh, and that's helped. You get those feet on the move like that, and then you can't, you know, just revert to falling off on your back foot and trying to trying to chuck it. But um, as as far as the other stuff goes, day one he was patting the ball. He was doing this weird pat the ball thing, and then he got rid of that. Uh, there's been a little bit of slow eyes. Um, he kind of stares Cortland down as the first read and doesn't really get off that first read as quickly as he should. Um, and and like I said, I, they'll remedy that at some point. Either you know, either the coaches will get rid of it, or he'll get in a game and he'll get picked off a few times, and then they'll they'll make him get rid of it. But um, other than that, I you know I haven't seen too much mechanically wrong with him. Looks like he's pretty shorn up. And, and to be honest, if you've got Pat Shermer, a guy who's been around the league, been around a bunch of quarterbacks, and been a quarterback himself, Mike Shula, who's been around the league, been around a bunch of quarterbacks, been a quarterback, I I, I think that you know you, you get most of that stuff cleared up by guys like that. I'll say that, and this kind of echoes a little bit of something Pat Shermer said yesterday, that you don't see a lot of the same mistakes happening over and over again. So they'll, they'll make a mistake. Locke will make a mistake. The offense will make a mistake. They don't tend to do the same stuff over and over again uh, and, and kind of wonder why it's, it's that, that's the case. The one thing I, I like about Locke that uh, the Broncos haven't had in the last few years is there's, there has been at least established a level of consistency you can expect from the offense. Now, there's days that the defense wins, and, and they're going to force some miscues because they're that good. But he offers a, a certain amount of upside at the position that they just don't have. There's always an expectation with the offense that they're kind of in it. Like even even late in practice, if things aren't going well, that they're like, okay, well, 
it seems like Locke's going to be able to kind of pull something out and figure something out. And and I don't I wouldn't say that the rest of the offense believed that about Joe Flacco. They certainly didn't believe that about Case Keenum, and and nobody believed that about Trevor Simeon. I think they all liked Trevor Simeon because he was a nice enough guy, but he he just didn't offer that kind of upside. So what what Drew Locke at least has has so far shown, and I think he's continuing to work on, is is he's shown a level of consistency to to play at a higher level than all those quarterbacks. And so you get that every single time. You also get the the added possibility that if you need to score points, if you need to make uh, do something kind of miraculous, he has he has the arm, he has the talent to do that kind of thing. And like Ben kind of said, you know, you haven't had that kind of quarterback since Peyton Manning. So I, I like that he has been able to establish establish a, a level of performance. I like that uh, he doesn't make a lot of the same mistakes twice. And I, I feel like they're they're at least on the right path. Does that mean they're going to hit the ground running week one? It's tough to say, but, and he's going to of course have his stumbles, but I think overall you'll, you have to love the direction they're headed. And that's great to hear too, just based on the inconsistency that we've seen and just poor play overall from the offense, but just establishing a new floor for the offense, I think would be key is that there is a, an established floor that's higher than it was. And you can build from there potentially. So Exactly. That's encouraging to hear. Um, this has been Benjamin Albright and Ryan Edwards. Sorry, Ben, did you want to chime in one more time? Oh, not really. No, I was going to say he's been the best quarterback we've had since Kyle Sloter, but I wanted to make sure everybody got the joke because some of the people <laughs> that would take that seriously. So, What about, what about Chad Kelly, though? He's like <laughs> Chad Kelly, but with talent. And minus the vacuum tube. Yeah, yeah, and a lot less vacuum part. Weird vacuum things going on. <laughs> Well, guys, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a blast um, and really, really appreciate the work that you guys are doing. Love your show. Um, check them out at Broncos Country Tonight on KOA. Um, follow them on Twitter at Benjamin Albright, uh, at Albright NFL um, and at uh, Red Words Radio, um, R Edwards Radio. Um, and so appreciate you guys so much for coming on. Thanks for the time. And um, we'll catch you all next week. <laughs>